Today on the Topping Show, Vivek Six Steps for Fixing the Middle East goes viral. Disney CEO admits coming back may have been a mistake. DeSantis' speech on standing with Israel goes viral. Bud Light San Francisco sweepstakes gets mostly fake responses. GM and Stellantis both announced additional layoffs due to the ongoing strike with the UAW. Mercedes EV production is ever increasing. Burger King is rolling out a new remodeling of their stores. And CNN is caught making fake news, this time a fake attack video in Israel. All that much is more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special preference in IT security. Heck, I see their founder released twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's the joke. If you're an IT leader or business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, I have a fun little promo going on for that month of October. Giveaway, if you spend 37K, you get a 37 millimeter flare launcher. And yes, you can mount it to an AR-15 like all awesome accessories can be. Lastly, for the intro, trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of October. So if you can click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Now going over to the business part of the podcast, you have General Motors announcing more layoffs due to the ongoing strike with United Auto Workers. This coming after the UAW wanted just a mere 80 to $100 billion in uh, for their next upcoming contract, which would have bankrupt all the big three. With exception, I believe GM has made a little bit over the billion per year, so they, they may make make a billion dollar profit. It was a minuscule profit to say the least, for, at least for the other big three. The big three being GM, Ford, and Stellantis. Ford and Stellantis don't make the profits great enough to actually cover the original contract ask. So it'll be interesting to see at the end of the day where they fall. Now, specifically, GM is going to cut 155 employees at the facilities in Toledo, Ohio, and Lansing, Michigan, as well as Marion, Indiana. Now. In terms of total, this brings the GM layoffs since the start of the UAW strike to a little bit over 2,300 workers, which is going to be detrimental for the 18 people who still want to buy the product. Nevertheless, we'll be interested to see where the factories are closing or where the layoffs continue to go. The UAW has been very strategic in their approach. They have just a mere, you know, a little fund of 80, no, no, 80, no, what was it? 820 to $850 million in strike funds. So they have some deep bank account pockets for them to utilize. And strategically, instead of just paying all their employees not to work, I mean, strike with the picket signs, which they allocate $500 per week per employee, the UAW slush fund for that. Well, they're just taking a couple workers off the assembly line. And that way, because GM apparently did not cross train employees, the whole factory basically shuts down. Same thing with Ford when they laid off Ford, the UAW did a strike there, a partial strike, where they took employees off the, I believe it was the paint, as well as the final assembly for the Ford Bronco. And because they didn't cross their train their employees, apparently, Ford actually did layoffs and shut down that entire plant. Because, again, they couldn't assembly, finish assembly the product or doing the paint, which I would say logistically and from a, that certainly is a business plunder in and of itself that you don't, it, it would perhaps it would cost more in the short term to pay employees to cross train them or to have more robots. But yeah, to have that is not a very prudent business decision. So the UW is being very strategic. And again, that's a lot of money they could use to hold out. It'll be interesting to see with GM in terms of the contract negotiations. They seem to be the one that's furthest away from the UAW as this changed on the ever increasing almost every minute of the day. There's new offers going back and forth. GM seems to be the one with the most contiguous 
debate and negotiation with the AEW, where the AEW is asking for quite a bit, and GM, who has a proven track record of going bankrupt multiple times through their inception, ever since Billy Durant founded the company when he combined Oldsmobile and Buick back in the day. So it'll be interesting to see how much they can give without going bankrupt again. It'll be interesting to see. Let me know if you work at GM or if you're a UAW at GM. How do you think the strikes are going? Do you think the layoffs will have to increase due to the strikes? And how long do you think the strike will go? Because right now, it seems like there's no end in sight. It'll be interesting to see, but as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting business news, yes, Stellantis are announcing more layoffs due to the UAW strike. Now, Stellantis, for those who aren't gearheads or in the automotive community, Stellantis is the new European parent company behind Chrysler, which is also behind Dodge and Jeep, predominantly in the U.S. They, of course, own dozens of other brands, including Fiat, Maserati, and brands I can barely pronounce. But it's one of those things where after the UAW is a contributing factor to why Chrysler went bankrupt in 2009, well, they got bought out by a European conglomerate. So it used to be FCA or Fiat Chrysler America. It got rebranded yet again in 2022 to Stellantis. Stellantis, if you feel so inclined to sound a little bit more European. Now, it looks like specifically the ongoing strike is going to affect 570 employees. So unfortunately, Stellantis has to lay them off because the UAW is, in terms of politics, they're being very strategic in their... Nice way of saying... What's a more eloquent way of saying strategic, gangster... Um, uh, they're partial strikes. So instead of paying all the employees or all the UAW members $500 a week to hold a picket sign and to not work in a particular factory, they're just taking some of the employees off and striking a partial strike. Now, this is very brilliant in terms of politics because instead of having to pay all employees $500 per week because the UAW, United Auto Workers, has a slush fund of about 804, it's estimated between 820 and $840 million to pay out so that they don't have to work for the strike. Instead of paying the whole factory, it's just a couple employees. And apparently Stellantis, like GM and Ford, they don't cross-train their employees. So we have a couple employees at a factory that are gone because of the strike. Well, in that case, the whole plant kind of comes shuttering or stop, which is ridiculous, the fact that they don't cross-train employees and or have more robots. Another topic for another time, perhaps. Now, this has led to the parent company, so the actual businesses, GM, Ford, Stellantis, doing layoffs. So... It looks like specifically Scientist is laying off 570 additional employees, and these are going to be primarily at the Michigan plant, which is primarily known for their engine manufacturing, which is another hilarious thing about the UAW in general, that they actually paid for their own demise. The UAW is known for being very politically active, and they pay a lot of money to get people elected, and ironically, the people they got elected are the same people that are trying to destroy the most profitable things that the automotive companies make, which is internal combustion engines. And it's always pushing them to go to attempt to compete with Tesla. Whether they can or cannot, time shall tell. But let's say, let's just say when I'm looking at the Magic 8-Ball, I'd say the outlook is not so good. Also, Tesla has a lower cost of labor even before these contract negotiations. So there's a lot of competitive advantages that Tesla has. But nevertheless, in terms of the... So unfortunately, they have to lay off about 507 employees at this Michigan plant. Now, they also noted that a mill facility in... Sigdonia Automotive Detroit also let go of 143 of its 232 employees in order to reduce work because of the reduced work from the strike. And all this data is actually coming from the Michigan Worker Adjustment and Retraining Notification Act, which you know it's a political act because of its clunky, awkward title of an act. 
Although I suppose it's better than we have something coming out of House of Representatives or it's just simple H-137-B-A-Y Banana Falcon or whatever numerical denotation they use for a bill. Now, it seems to be that Stellantis is a little bit closer with contract negotiations. Again, the UAW originally wanted 80 to $100 billion over the course of a four-year contract, which would have subsequently bankrupt Stellantis again, ironic, perhaps. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get close to a deal that won't cause them to go bankrupt and won't further erode any, well, I was going to say, what, I don't think they have any competitive advantages currently, but it'll be interesting to see as they are forced to go from, again, making very profitable V8s that everyone loves to now making EVs for the 18 people, I'm sorry, 19 people who want to purchase them from Stellantis. It'll be interesting to see if the company can survive. So there's a lot of things in the air. It's a whole revolution in the automotive community, but I want to say, I don't want to say they asked for it, but they kind of did because, again, it's who they got elected. And they also are complaining about inflation, which, again, who they got elected. Ironic, to say the least. Other interesting business news, you have Mercedes increasing their EV sales. Now, apparently, their EV sales have soared 284% in Q3 over last year. And electric EVs for Mercedes are accounting for 15% of total U.S. sales. Which... I was going to say, I don't know who is buying these things. It's, it's one of those phenomenons where I know there's a market for it. I just can't fathom to think how big the market is for someone who wants an EV Mercedes. Mercedes, I mean, already, are they a very reliable thing? And now they're going to make EVs? So it'll be interesting to see who goes for that shtick. Personally, when I think of Mercedes, I think of handcrafted German engineering. You get the AMG, you get the good old V8. Although they've subsequently acquiesced to an inline-four engine. And a hybrid, which for Mercedes is the dumbest thing I have ever heard of. It's one of those things where the expectations and of, of a brand matter. Well, I love my Honda Civic Si with the stick shift. It has a stick shift, as every car should have by default, and it has a little turbo inline four. Historically, Honda Civics have had that for years in terms of a powertrain, so the customers expect it and they kind of like it. You can mod it, you can throw bigger turbos on it. There's seemingly endless ways you can customize it similar to an AR-15. Now, in terms of Mercedes, you're used to a handcrafted German V8, and now they have some other models that come with an inline four and hybrid. I mean, and then now they're making more and more EVs. So numbers of the EV sales are increasing, but I just question how, what's the total demand for EVs for, from the Mercedes platform? Let me know in the comments, would you ever buy a Mercedes EV? And do you think that will be a prudent business decision for them long-term? Now, in terms of the specifics, it looks like Mercedes sold 10,423 EVs between July and September 2023. So, I mean, it's pretty darn good in terms of that increase. That's where they get the 284% increase. Now, in terms of comparison to the competition, GM and Ford, in terms of their total U.S. sales that are EVs for the same fiscal period, they're 3 and 4% respectively. So 3% for Ford and 4% for GM. Which again, those companies that make great V8s with stick shifts, which so I do greatly admire, especially the Ford Mustang, the last of the ponies actually survived. It'll be interesting to see what do the consumers think about these companies pivoting from their core competencies to a whole realm of basically technology as an EV is a glorified computer on wheels. And or actually, no, I would probably more appropriately of a metaphor would be a MacBook on wheels since a PC, you could actually you know take apart and fix yourself Apple can only be fixed by Apple. Less, least you 
basically lose every semblance of warranty and every semblance of coverage possible. I mean, personally, I like having more open source, having availability of a local mechanic down the shop fixing my vehicle. That's not going to happen with EVs because they're basically smartphones on wheels. I correct myself. A smartphone on wheels is a better metaphor since they're more disposable than PCs and MacBooks. Nevertheless, let me know in the comments. Would you buy a Mercedes EV? And do you think this will be their biggest, fastest growing segment, segment as they change the company? And again, I'm not a doctor. I am not sure. But if you click that subscribe button, it may cure my stuttering. It's not like 100% guarantee. I'm just saying it's an idea and it may work. Who knows? It very well might. Other interesting business news. You have Burger King remodeling begins and they're calling it Sizzle. Appropriately enough. Now, granted, I'm an adult, so I haven't stepped inside of Burger King for a couple decades. I think of Burger King as a great place if you want a McDonald's, well, if you want actually a microwaved hamburger for a lower price point, I suppose. It used to be a thing, I suppose, when I was in middle school and high school. I think that was the last time I stepped foot in one of those. And even back then, they kind of seemed on the downfall in terms of the trend of how many locations they had and the customer service. And in terms of Burger King lately, they've had a little bit of a PR snafu where they, well, we should have already known this because it's a king. Kings don't agree with the Constitution or Bill of Rights or freedom of speech. But lately, Burger King actually pulled their sponsorships from Rumble, specifically because Rumble, the video platform, refused to demonetize Russell Brand, who is, has a couple accusations against him. No filings in court as of recording this episode. And so there's no official charges against him. He's never actually been proven anything in court. But the whole media wants him canceled. And YouTube immediately demonetized his channel. And But the big British government actually came over to Rumble and tried to bully them, saying, hey, you better uh, you better, better get rid of this gentleman's ability to make a living. Even though nothing's been proven in court, no official accusation, no charges are filed. But we still want to, you know, seems oddly reminiscent of 1984, unfortunately, a book that has become more and more of a reality and of this dystopian modern era we sometimes live in. But... Burger King, just at the simple accusations, they decided to pull funding off the platform. So a lot of people aren't happy with the brand because of that. Because, of course, it just feeds into the modern era or the modern theme of your, instead of you're innocent until built, proven guilty, it's the inverse. You're guilty until proven innocent. Which many people would say is the antithesis of the American dream and the American foundation and values for all 18 people who still believe in them. Me, myself, and I being one of them. Hopefully more people adopt the original mindset of their founding values. But... I moderately digress. When it comes to the Burger King of the stores, I'm not saying there's dead bodies when they were when I was a kid. Well, there might have been. There's a, there's a, there was a pit, a little play, what do you call it, a ball pit, and Lord only knows what's at the bottom of those pits. But even when I was growing up, the stores were usually pretty dirty, grimy. I mean, let's just say in terms of the five-second rule on the floor for the people who believe in that weird thing, it certainly did not apply in that case. Now, the new concept called the sizzle, they're a little light to the game. So all the other major competitors in the fast food industry, they've been remodeling their stores for quite some time, giving them a, obviously a more modern feel. I think the only company that's slightly slower about the same pace as Burger King is Subway. And Lord knows their sales have been going down to basically nothing. It's about $500,000 per store, which that's revenue, not profit. So most of the stores are barely breaking even, I would suspect, especially compared to competition. Now, Burger King, it looks like Currently, there's two of them that just opened after being remodeled with the sizzle decor. Now, there's one in New Jersey, one in Las Vegas, and apparently going to open up another one in North Carolina. And this is part of their whole initiation or 
more accurately of a term, their whole initiative to revitalize the store. And they actually put money aside for this. So last year, Burger King announced that they had a $400 million plan to improve the business, including $250 million towards remodeling and other restaurant investments. So it'll be interesting to see, well, Lord only knows, you probably could put a little bit of money into buying better ingredients. I mean, that, that might, it might help a little. And maybe buying newer microwaves for the hamburgers. Maybe those things would probably help out just a bit. Call me a little revolutionary, but I think the quality of the food is kind of important. And it'll be interesting to see, does this pull more people to go inside the stores? And will it make them more of a profit? Or is this, is it too late? Are the other stores just so far ahead of them that they can't catch up? Let me know in the comments, catch up, pun moderately intended now that I think about it. Let me know in the comments, when was the last time you went to a Burger King voluntarily? So you weren't taken hostage. I know that might be a not insignificant amount of their revenues. People who are in this hostage situation and someone's on the, you know, they're robbing a bank and the person's mind is so bent. They're just thinking, ah, uh, give, give them Burger King. Because again, in the, in the, in the moment of robbing a bank, perhaps their mind is just so, such a, such an rigmarole. That's the only thing I could think of. But I moderately digress. Other interesting culture news of the day. You have Disney CEO admits he is overworked and exhausted. Oh, and also the stock is down 9% since he took over. So their stock is about as a it's about a 10-year low. Needless to say, injecting politics into this media company was not a smart idea. As they alienate more and more and more of what used to be the audience of everyone. Everyone used to love Disney. For I mean, most of my lifetime is considered to be a blue chip stock. It was one of the things where, unlike a tech company, where they're more well known for having big spikes in the stock, so the stock will go really up and then it'll go really down, more of a roller coaster. Disney stock was much more of a stable stock where over time, you knew you weren't going to get rich overnight, but over time, they just kind of grew consistently in revenue and profit, and they just made things that everyone loved. It, was, it wasn't divert, divisive in any way, it wasn't controversial. They actually, now these are rare words in and of itself, they had content with morals and values, which unfortunately in the United States, those words may as very well be in another language as so few people know what they mean, unfortunately. Now, in terms of this statement coming from a news website by the name of The Wrap, although it has nothing to do with the fast food industry, so it's not like a, a wrap that you would eat, just to clarify. I did had to do a little research on that just to be sure. Now, it looks like they're saying the stock's down 9%. And now he has a hostile takeover to deal with as well as you have Mr. Nelson Peltz, who has a historical successful track of getting involved in companies and de-wokifying them, perhaps is a accurate term. He basically goes into companies and said, get the hell out of politics, you're making ice cream, which he did when he put himself in the position to be an investor at Unilever, who's the parent company of Ben & Jerry's. And he did this with multiple other companies as well. You get rid of the politics. The investors loved it. The consumers loved it. And the price went up. Now, about seven or eight months ago, he did the same thing with Disney. He's tried to get more involved. He said, hey, Bob Iger, you need to get the cost down. So the only reason he didn't actually, Mr. Nelson didn't get a seat on the board of directors at that time is because Bob Iger, the CEO, acquiesced and said, okay, we're going to cut cost, which obviously he should, have, he should have had to do that or should have the intelligence to do that without an investor telling him, like, dear God, your costs are out of control. Even that, your, your movies are bleeding money. But again, I think that's a combination of two things. One, they inject BS politics that nobody wants, or 
very few people want. People on the very left love it and they are capturing a new market in that regard. But I think people in the middle and people on the right, they don't want the politics and the content. So it's that the reason their movies aren't making a profit is because they're putting political themes in there. And secondly, the costs are astronomical. I mean, you look at the little, what was it, Indiana Jones, the cost to manufacture that, oh, I can't believe it's, it doesn't even deserve to be called a film, that boondoggle. It's in the hundreds of millions of dollars. The cost is so great. There's no conceivable way it would ever, ever make a profit. And of course, they had the insufferable actress trying to take over, make him like an old, made him look like an old buffoon, pejorative old white guy. A cliche as old as time in Hollywood, or at least past 12, man, maybe 10, 15 years. So they're just getting worse and worse. Now, it looks like Bob Iger even admitted saying, quote, the company was in worse shape than realized when he came back. And again, their streaming platform, Disney Plus, is still losing hundreds of millions of dollars every quarter. And the 2024 deadline was the point at which they promised it was going to turn a profit to Wall Street. But the cost of the producing the shows are ever increasing. And they even were going to acquire a streaming company by the name of BAMP Tech. But it turned out to be much more expensive, so they kind of dropped that idea. They also have another deadline coming up where they negotiated with Comcast for Disney to acquire the remaining stake of Hulu, which Comcast has the remaining stake of 33%. And right now, the estimated is that they're going to acquire it for no less than $27.5 billion. And you can also debate what kind of value they're getting out of that. They already have majority control of Hulu. So Comcast, again, it's still a big percent. 33 is a lot. But once you own more than 51% of the company, you already have most of the say of how the company is operated. So and let me know in the comments. Do you think it's worth for them to go through with that acquisition? acquisition? Or do you think that money could be better spent elsewhere? As the company, again, is bleeding money from every division, seemingly, with the exception of the parks. And that's partially thanks to the overseas parks where they're still raking in money. Now, in the U.S., they are having adult grown men dress up in dresses, selling dresses to little girls. An interesting business idea, which, again, is alienating a big part of what used to be the consumer base. Again, the consumer base used to be everyone. And again, they are appeasing a certain part of the market with their new strategy. But again, with the current demographics of the United States, that is a very small portion of the total market. And you're alienating, I would argue you're, that you're alienating a much greater number of people. And I was just about to say, the sales and the stock all support my theory. Now, it'll be interesting to see him joking about, you know, why he's coming back. I mean, he's in his 70s. He was on a yacht, retired, kind of chilling out, so to say. And when he departed back in 2020, and, I mean, he's got that proxy war. He's also cut about another $3 billion, or, yeah, $3 billion in spending, getting rid of 7,000 jobs. And... I mean, it just sounds like every day his life is a fight and he has a culture fight as well. So I would it'd be fascinating to see a legitimate interview with Bob Iger. Perhaps you'd have to have him slightly inebriated. There's an old saying that used to be something of the fact that a drunk man's words are a sober man's thoughts. Something to that effect. Because right now there's not just a proxy war with this investor who wants to take over the company. He has this war inside the company as well because you have activists inside the company, self-proclaimed activists who want to inject politics into the children's content. And Bob Iger claims he wants to get rid of that. He claimed that about a, almost a year ago now that when he came back as CEO, then two or three weeks ago, he made the same announcement. 
Again, I'm not a scientist, but if you click the subscribe button, it may fix the stuttering. It's not proven yet, but I've heard crazier theories when it comes to health. But so is those instances where he's fighting a battle on multiple fronts now. He's got the investor he has to worry about who, investor already has over two billion in stock. And this investor, Nelson, he's just gonna keep increasing that. He's gonna get some seats at the board of directors. He was originally just fighting one. He's, getting, he's fighting for multiple seats now. And again, in terms of politics and businesses, getting a seat at board of directors is a big deal. And that could very well be a way to fix the company, but so he's got that fight going on. And he has the internal employees who they love putting the political stuff into the content. The number of those employees are just exponential or so it seems. The only way I could conceivably see Disney being saved at this point is if the investor takes over, fires Bob Iger, takes over as CEO perhaps, and fires basically every single damn employee who wants politics in the content. And then promise the investors to say, before we release any content, whether it be a film or an animation or anything like that, I'm going to personally inspect and watch it to ensure there is no politics in this film thereby addressing and going after the whole market, which would also long-term would increase their sales. I know some people are boycotting Disney just on their principles right now. That might be a way to win those customers back. And again, I was about to say there's no simple answers, but those kind of sound pretty simple in terms of concepts they can use to fix the company. Now, the only question is how much is it going to cost? How much time is it going to take? Because again, firing and hiring people, depending on how bureaucratic the company is, yeah, that could take years. As ridiculous as that sounds. So let me know in the comments. Do you think, he, I mean, he sounds like, Bob Iger, he sounds like he's regretting coming back. He's fighting a battle on multiple fronts. Maybe he'll just, do you think he'll retire? I mean, it seems like most of his career has been at Disney. He had, a, I, interestingly enough, he built Disney up quite well in terms of before he left and subsequently gave the CEO reins to his protege, Bob Chapek. It was one of those things where Bob Iger, he made some strategic moves that were quite fruitful. They bought Marvel, which again, they make those billion dollar blockbusters, which used to make money. They got Star Wars, which I would also argue, and he actually admitted later that they've been making too much of that content and it's been decreasing the value. So less and less people are tuning in. So he made some good moves in the past, but let me know, what do you think is gonna be the end result of this scenario? It'll be interesting to see. And when it comes to that little mouse at Disney, it seems to be on life support. What is it going to take to save Mickey? And I'm not sure. I might have to look into this. They might have already banned Minnie because it's too controversial. Though, but tomorrow might just be two Mickeys. I don't know. So much uncertainty with the company. It's hard to say what they'll do for the next PR move. Let me know in the comments. I'm fascinated to hear what you have to say. Other interesting cultural news. You have Bud Light attempting to tweet. This one about the San Francisco sweepstakes. And of course, as usual, you have... Well, mostly fake responses, and I was going to say, let's see here. There, there might be one or two. Might be. That's what we're going to investigate today, right here and right now. Now, in terms of branding, this perhaps would be the most appropriate branding combination when you consider San Francisco. This one being the San Francisco 49ers. Now, their text, before the little, it's not even a meme, it's a little picture of the can and the helmet, says, quote, the 49ers game starts now. Reply at easy to celebrate and at sweepstakes to turn every TD into a chance to win, unquote. They're too lazy to even spell out the word touchdown. Ridiculous. And easy to celebrate. That's debate in and of itself. Is it easy to, if you won a Bud Light, would you celebrate? 
I, in terms of easiness, I'd have I'd have to think you'd probably take the Bud Light case into your closet and maybe just maybe a little jump up and down for a second, or maybe like a hooray. Like I don't see anyone bombastically being excited to win this product. I mean, there's only nine uses for Bud Light. Previously, we discussed if you won the case of Bud Light, again a good example of being a winner or loser at the same time. You could use it for ballast if you're into hot air ballooning, and instead of having sandbags, you just have cases of Bud Light outside of your little hot air balloon. If you need to go up, you just you know cut the rope and let the Bud Light fall to the ground. However, if the Bud Light case were to hit someone in the head, it might be bad for the health. However, not as bad as ingesting the product, I would guess. Now, in terms of the 10th use case, or what would I do, or what would someone do if they were to win a case of Bud Light, I can't help but wonder, what would you do? You could certainly use it as a doorstop. That's probably one of the most popular responses. Thanks to the comic session, we actually did think of another one where if you have a water outage at your facility, you could use the Bud Light to fill up the reservoir in the toilet. So that way, if you had to use the facilities, you could flush and be replenished with Bud Light. That way you can save money because you're not buying water, diluted water, to actually use that process. That seemed to be a very good legitimate use case for it, and I appreciate that feedback to come up with that. I'm trying to think, what would be maybe the 10th use case? If you are to win a case of Bud Light through this sweepstakes, it's one of those fascinating things. I thought my other suggestion would be you can maybe crush the cans and use it as kind of so to fix the roads in the United States, which are always perpetually in disarray, I would argue, because they're designed to be almost disposable you know the public sector likes job guarantees so you could perhaps fill potholes with aluminum cans that used to be Bud Light but if you want a case of Bud Light it would perhaps be against the Geneva Convention we use it for torture in terms of you have some prisoners of war you just force them to drink the Bud Light I'm not again that may violate be violated of American values because we are against cruel and unusual punishment in most cases so unfortunately I don't think that would be an appropriate use case for it at the moment but if I want a case of Bud Light, what would I possibly use it for? Perhaps as a coolant for a vehicle. That might be, that, that perhaps might be one. There's gotta be, there's gotta be something on the tip of my tongue. If I want a case of Bud Light, you could, I don't recommend this, but if you live in New Jersey, if you live in New Jersey or California where guns are basically banned, you could use Bud Light as a weapon you could use it as a blunt object, or if you were to throw Bud Light, and I don't recommend this, if you were to throw Bud Light at someone, they'd be so revolted by the sight of the product and so scared of accidentally having it hit them and break open in which they might actually ingest the product. If you threw a case or a can of Bud Light at someone breaking into your home, they may very well run away because of the risk of possibly accidentally ingesting the product. I think that might be use case number 10 of what would you do if you wanted a case of Bud Light? Let me know in the comments, what would you do if you were to win that case of Bud Light with these sweepstakes as they have a futile attempt to try to win back what remaining customers they have without, again, addressing the 800-pound elephant in the room, or in this case, the 800-pound cross-dressing parade? I don't know. I can't really describe it without getting banned on the YouTube. They're doing many interesting sponsorships these days. Now, this little tweet, and again, they have a picture of the Bud Light can with the NFL logo slapped right onto the can, so you know is the official beer of the NFL, which, again, that means they have money. Woo! I always wonder how many people really believe product endorsements. Not all the time, but many of the time, it means you just had a lot of money to be the exclusive sponsor to have your logo everywhere, which is why I'm always usually skeptical when I see some types of those sponsorships and endorsements and partnerships. But nevertheless, in terms of this case, they had the Bud Light you know, logo 
and they on the can, then right above it, they got the NFL logo. And next to it, they have the helmet from the San Francisco 49ers. And again, it just says in bold font, you know, reply this so you could win. Win. And of the 67,300 people who saw it, which again, if you're if you're one of the most well-known brands in the world, it is kind of sad that you only got, it's kind of pathetic, you only got 67,300 views. I mean, not to brag, but my Twitter, at N-I-C-T-O-P-P-I-G, I recently got 13 views. Humble brag. I would also argue, though, my views are the best views. Just quality over quantity. Now, unfortunately, many would, many would blame the teachers' unions. Public schools are all-time low in terms of test scores for history, math, science, pretty much everything. And yet, they say they need more and more money. So, we're going to do a little bit of public service today. We're going to do some math. So, 67,300 people saw this. We're going to take that. Let's see here. So we're going to take the number of likes, which is 637, divided by 67,300. That gives us 0.00156. Now, to turn that into a good old percentage, we're going to multiply that by 100. So that times 100. That means of everyone who saw this picture of the Bud Light next to the San Francisco helmet, only 0.1569% liked it, also known as basically nothing. Now, it is controversial, but some people do prefer to round up. So we're going to do 0.1569. We'll do 0.157. We have now covered both turning things into percentages and rounding up and subsequently have added, added more value than some public schools in the United States, which is crazy to think, but all too real. Now, in terms of the responses, there are many, 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 many responses. I mean, just to clarify, that actually was not a stutter, that was intentional, mostly. Now, I wonder how many of these are real. So one person actually has an authentic little blue check mark, and this person actually did reply. Are they real? Let's find out. This person by name of Mama Bear Brandy, no comment, she just did the at, or she replied with the sweepstakes stuff. She has 888 followers. Looks like she joined in 2009. And let's look at her content. Repost, repost, repost for sweepstakes, repost for sweepstakes. Re oh, it looks like she reposed for a sports balls team by the name of Indianapolis Colts. Though, they don't even have guns in their logo. How can you call yourself the Colts? Ridiculous. A repost about racing, repost about copious amounts of alcohol where you can win more alcohol. So, interestingly enough, a real person, however, a serial reposter to say the least. Let's see here. And of course, no one liked what she had to say. Now we have dozens and dozens and dozens of more people all doing the sweepstakes. Dozens. Let's see. Someone by the name of CJ Queen. What's she, is she real? Alright, so she joined in 2013. 810 followers. A serial reposter strikes again. 
And again, it's a BS thing that at millions, where they're, yeah, they're going to say, repost this for a chance to win $100. Ridiculous. Every one of these people has the same reposts for that stupid at hashtag millions. I'm trying to find a single legitimate. I did just find, it took me, I just scroll for, for quite some time, but I did find a real response. This person named Madhouse says, quote, if you're trying to score a boyfriend, yeah, unquote. He got six likes, which again, all these other ones, no one is liking it. You have someone by the name of XTASY saying, quote, makes sense you would endorse San Fran, unquote. And this person has a gif of a person with a, or a man, I dare not guess the pronouns. It has an individual who is dressed up in very, pro what do you call it? Skimpy outfit with a pride flag as a cape. And I got four likes. All right, we got, uh, let's see, Rich, Rich Mooney saying, quote, it's a lot easier to celebrate without Bud Light. They try to be woke just to end up broke, unquote. And he got 19 likes. And he has a picture of a koozie over a beer. And the koozie actually says, not Bud Light, to help clarify everyone around them to know that they have a semblance of taste buds on their tongue. A lot of... Jesus. Hundreds of drones. Uh, these have to be robots. I can't imagine having so much time on your hand where you just go to every single sweepstakes and just retweet it or comment on it. Because, again, all these folks, they're not saying anything different. They're just doing the hashtags to get the free stuff. This one guy had the audacity to do it three times in a row? Uh, let's, Mr. Who's this guy? Mr. G. Prider? He's got 135 followers. And of course, he does the repost of that stupid hashtag millions. Where again, they claim to give $100 away every time. What is it? Once a day? Or one person who retweets and follows will win. Which again, Jesus, this guy's... He literally reposts for those bastards every single day. That's his whole profile. Which again, I guess, in terms of the hashtag millions, I guess that's good marketing because I guess it gets people talking about it. I don't know. Lord only knows how they make a profit, if any. But it doesn't make me think that it's a legitimate or like an authentic company when, again, people are just reposting it to get cash or more realistically, probably a gift card or some type of compensation in that regard. Ridiculous to say the least. So let's try to find one more real response. Let's see. A lot of advertisements. No. I'm scrolling quite a bit. I don't think they're... Is that the only real responses? Really? And of course, I had to log in for my alternative account at the Topping Show since they banned or blocked my at N-I-C-T-O-P-P-I-N-G because I had the audacity to actually respond to a Bud Light tweet with a picture of a couple cases of Yaling saying, thanks for the reminder, I just went out and purchased some Yaling. They thought that was worth banning or blocking me on the Twitter. Ridiculous. I would say thin-skinned to say the least, Bud Light. Pathetic. And I think those, those are the only real responses. All you have is hundreds of these hashtags, which, again, if they're, tr they're trying to drown out the negativity, because, again... Have you heard of anyone in the past six to 12 months who actually authentically is 
excited about Bud Light or bragging about Bud Light in any way. One of my friends actually owns a real estate, not a real estate company, but rather an estate sale company. And they came across a whole bunch of swag of vintage Bud Light stuff. And half the comments were saying this would have been worth a lot more, you know, like two years ago. Because it was. It used, to have a, it used to have a cult following. It used to be a, a huge thing, especially in the United States. It used to be a great, well, I was going to say years ago, it used to be a great family-owned company. Subsequently, they sold out to a Belgian-based company. And this all now one big company by the name of Anheuser-Busch and Bev. Though Belgium, the country, still makes great waffles and rifles. Don't get me wrong. But it'll be interesting to see when will they... Because they are spending, they said they're going to spend more marketing than ever before to try to win back the customers. But do you think these few states are winning in terms of actually gaining customers or gaining favor with customers? When again, they're just giving away these free products. And you, I've, again, is I would need all the time in the world to actually evaluate every single one of these people who are reposting it. But again, every, so I just clicked one more. This one's Jennifer Eady. And, Again, this per all this person does is they repost for that at millions. So again, I can't but think it has to be an automated tool or something where these people will just repost or the more accurately, they'll program everything to just repost and then it doesn't actually take out any time that other day. Or maybe their whole day really is just doing this. Now, interestingly enough, again, this is anecdotal evidence, just looked at about 12 different profiles of people who repost. A majority of them were stay-at-home were um, stay-at-home moms with kids, and maybe that demographic is still favorable to the brand of Bud Light. I mean, when you look at who's taking their kids to drag shows, there certainly seem to be more mothers than fathers doing that. Maybe that's their new demographic or target demographic for Bud Light. But again, looking at who's retweeting it, more often than not, that is the demographic who's doing it. So again, anecdotal evidence is less than 20 people, but just taking a look today, I kind of just noticed that right here, right now. But thinking back, that kind of is a consistent theme. So let me know, do you think they'll lean into that, so to say? Or will Bud Light do anything differently or just continue down this path? Let me know in the comments. I'd be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Now going over to the political part of the podcast, you have Vivek on Hamas attack on Israel and six steps to fix the Middle East going viral. Now, interestingly enough, we have a little you know, fun combination and I apologize if it's a double, but I'll go ahead and I'll read his text first. So he's, this is straight from horse's mouth, so to say, quote, many Republicans are reacting to the barbaric Hamas attack on Israel with hysteria rather than rationality. History teaches us this isn't the formula for success. The U.S. should provide Israel with diplomatic support, intelligence sharing, and necessary munitions to defend its own homeland while taking special care to avoid broader regional war in the Middle East that would not advance U.S. interest. Then he breaks it down. One, offer Israel robust intelligence support and stand ready to provide additional military supplies via both sale and transfer. Two, Immediately confirm an American ambassador to Israel with the vacant embassies in Egypt, Libya, and Oman to be filled in quick succession. Three, end the further nuclear proliferation in the Middle East, including the full phase out of Iran's nuclear program and immediately ending Biden's disastrous plan to share nuclear technology with Saudi Arabia. Four, Fast-track the deportation of any resident aliens who have served with Hamas or Palestine Islamic Jihad, including 
extradition to Israel, custody where appropriate. Five, work with Israel to identify countries willing to accept peaceful Palestinians, Palestinians who wish to escape the pressures of Hamas and facilitate their emigration. Six, warn the UN of consequences if its historic pattern of drawing false equivalence between Israel and the terrorists who it targets continues. Unquote. And it looks like, again, within a day, it's already got half a million views, which, not to brag, but my last YouTube video did get 25 views. Humble brag. And it looks like he also dialed into Glenn Beck. So we'll go ahead and I appreciate your patience as we try to find the picture-in-picture -picture software for production. I've tried a couple out, but keep having errors, unfortunately, with my camera. So if you have alternatives, I greatly appreciate the feedback if you leave it in the comments section as well. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and attempt to play the clip with Glenn Beck and Vivek. I can't imagine uh, Hamas doing what they've already done, but now they're saying they're going to execute people on social media. If Israel continues to go in, Israel is not going to stop. Um, we haven't heard from the president uh, really at all on this subject. He's supposed to speak sometime before nappy nap uh, and uh, tell us, I guess, what his plan is. What would your plan be, Vivek Ramaswamy, if you were president to deal with the hostages? So look, as U.S. president, a part of the America First agenda to me, Glenn, is it includes all Americans, no American left behind. So we will prioritize getting those American hostages out of there and the limited circumstance in which we would use U.S. resources directly to do it is to recover our own hostages if that's what's actually necessary, special forces or otherwise, for American hostages. That's what the America First agenda is all about. The U.S. president needs to look after the interests of Americans. But broadly speaking, the other way we advance American interests here is let Israel make the decision it needs to make to defend its own borders while avoiding full-scale all-out war in the Middle East. And I think I, there's not enough times I can say that at a time like this, when people have made our worst decisions in our foreign policy disasters in history, it's as a knee-jerk reaction to something legitimately bad that was done by a terrorist on the other side. This is especially the moment to be really clear about our principles for why we're doing what we're doing. And so that's how I would lead. Okay, we have 90 seconds left, and I want to talk to you about the number of people that have been arrested on the FBI's terror watch list. We have about 250 of them, 275 of them, that we have caught since the beginning of the Biden administration. That's not the ones we didn't catch. Are you worried at all about these possible terrorist uh, cells that are here coming across from our, our border, and how would you solve that? I'm very worried about it, Glenn. I think it's a real concern. Just a few days ago, I was at the northern border where nobody right. else has actually visited. And that is wide open. To call that porous is an understatement. That's where the next frontier is going. A Brazilian ex-military murderer has come in through, you know, caught in northern New Hampshire and otherwise. This is a great risk. So seal the border, use our military to do it. But for the people who are already here, I would fast track the deportation of anybody who's in this country who has served or been affiliated with Hamas or the Palestinian Islamic Jihad or otherwise, including extradition to Israeli custody where that's appropriate in light of this, in light of this crisis. And for the rest of them, get them the heck out and put them through our own justice system, bringing the highest penalties of the highest order while sealing our border. That is how we actually drive this change. 
And the best border policy of all is stop making it so easy to get into this country by abuse of our asylum laws. It's going to take a president with the spine to lead that way. But the good news, Glenn, is that this is a solvable problem. The country that put a man on the moon, yes, this is a logistically solvable problem. This is just a question of political will. And I do think it will take somebody with a spine as an outsider understanding that we are in the middle of this dangerous approach to war right here on our home turf to be able to put that to an end. Vivek, thank you very much. Pretty compelling. So, I wonder, do you think the comments will be positive, negative, 50-50? Let's find out and dive on in. Now, of the 506,000 people who tuned into that, about 2,115 liked it. So, not the best ratio. And if we do a little bit of math today, unlike public schools, let's see here, 2,115 divided by, that's 506,000. 0.00417, so we're going to multiply that by 100 to turn it into a percentage. Eh, I guess it's better than the last ratio we looked at, but 0.4179. So, we'll be generous, we'll round up a little bit today. So, 0.42% of the people who saw this and tuned in liked it. So, better than the last thing we checked out, but still not the best ratio. Now, in terms of the comments, one of the first ones is from Brandon Sardio saying, quote, 14 Americans are slaughtered. Cool guy. This kid stands for nothing but whatever the podcast world winds blow, unquote. He got 45 likes. Although, interestingly enough, didn't he just say send in special forces for American hostages? Hmm. Now, someone responded to this Brandon, some by the name of V. Interesting name, but she does not have the cliche picture from V for Vendetta for the little, little mask thing. So she does not win the marketing award today. Perhaps we should do a marketing award every day? Let me know. That might be an interesting idea. Now she says, quote, Yes, Hamas is evil. It doesn't mean we rush into World War III. Gives, give Israel what it needs to be successful. But Vivek is America first and not rushing for another Afghanistan for 25 years. Please calm down and don't go full warmonger like the neocons, unquote. And she got 26 likes. So, looks like still Mr. Brandon did get more likes than her. Now, in terms of other comments, some by the name of the Able From Men says, quote, Great ideas from Vivek. Funny, I didn't hear anything like this from Biden, unquote. He got 33 likes. Some by the name of Thyrone Cameron said, quote, I don't like Vivek one bit, but this is a logical plan, unquote. And he got 21 likes. Now, someone even got even more likes right under Mr. Ty- uh, Tyrone, replying to him. Sable Riley said, quote, I do like Vivek, and this is another well-thought-out and sensible plan that supports America's interest. Would love to have a rational leader back in the White House, unquote. And she did use the hashtag Vivek202. So, perhaps she meant 2024? Or, it would have been a hilarious IT pun if she said Vivek404, which means not found. But... Nevertheless, she did get 63 likes. Mr. John B. Hall said, quote, great interview with Tucker as well, unquote, getting 40 likes. Let's see here. Well, uh, 
mostly positive. Let's see, 90. Okay, we're getting some uh, pejorative or uh, negative things in here. Okay, Mr. Justin Dockendorf said, quote, you're winning me over, sir, unquote. Got four. But the person below this person, I'm going to guess, Miss Nancy Sell said, quote, the voice of no experience pipes up again, unquote. She got 62 likes. Now, someone did a, attempt to ratio her with a response to her comment. Mr. Thomas Nova said, quote, the whole experience seems to do is create more war. And to be honest, I think that's what you guys really want, unquote. He got 20 likes. Let's see. So a lot of people, a lot of people saying, well, well said. A lot of people saying all America. The grammar is lacking to say the least. But someone literally said, uh, America sh should stand with Israel, unquote. And got 16 likes, despite the grammar faux pas. Some by the name of AI says, quote, sensibility rare in this day and age, unfortunately, unquote, got 34 likes. So we do have a couple of pejorative or negative responses against Vivek, but it looks like overall, mostly supportive for him and his ideas. So, as a youth might say, he was not ratioed, so to say. It'll be interesting to see how this favorability maybe goes when it comes to national polls and getting the votes out. Of course, when it comes to those things, time shall tell. Other interesting political news, you have Ron DeSantis' speech on standing with Israel going viral. Well, moderately so. Now, this comes actually on the good old Twitter. This actually comes directly from his profile, which... A lot of the content usually comes from the DeSantis War Room. And I'd say for, for him, this is pretty viral. This got 268,000 views. When a lot of his responses are usually, I would say, like 60 to 80, 90,000. And then, you have, of course, you have outliers. Maybe once a week, they'll go above. And then, of course, you know, sometimes they'll go even lower. So pretty good. And then he does have a little bit of text before his little speech. And he says, quote, Florida is standing with Israel and taking action to expand sanctions against the Iranian regime. I urge the federal government to, to follow suit and get rid of the delusion that you can make deals with Iranian mullahs without funding terrorism, unquote. And again, I appreciate your patience as we try to find a good software for picture-in-picture -picture production. I've seen a couple of posts where I'm trying to get something that's simple, easy to use, so that we can just have the video and video where it goes right above my shoulder. Ideally, somewhere you know over there. So, if you have suggestions, I greatly appreciate your comments because that's how we make the show better and better together. And without further ado, again, he has a little nice podium that says "Stand with Israel" and "Sanction Iran" under it. I'm, I would say marketing B minus. Should have, I don't know. I feel like the podium little placard in front could have incorporated like an Israeli, Israeli flag, if that's his. That seems to be his position. Why not? Eh, eh, well, I'll, I'll let you choose for yourself. I'll, I'll include a little thumbnail. If you're watching this as a highlight, it'll be the thumbnail of the video. Um, it's not easy. You're always under siege in one way or another. Uh, but I think the spirit of saying that we lost our homeland before, we're never losing our homeland again, that's the spirit. Uh, that's going to bring the people of Israel through a very trying time. And for us in Florida to be standing with them is very important. For us to be taking actions that will actually have an impact is even more important. And I hope other states follow. And I hope the federal government 
follows suit and gets rid of this delusion that you can somehow play footsie with the Iranian mullahs. Put them in their place. Do not let them get any money flowing into their coffers because you know that that's going to turn around and be used to fund terrorism against Israel and against our allies. Um, so interesting. We will, let's see. Do you think the Congress will be mostly agree, mostly disagree, roasting him, praising him? Time shall tell. And that time is right now as we dive in. Now, one of the top responses is from Cecilia saying, quote, Sadly, I fear we don't see the correct actions taken until January 2025 when you're in the White House yourself, unquote. She got 17 likes. Pretty good. Uh, someone by the name of Nian Deathroll said, quote, DeSantis on Morning Joe. I've always supported from the time I was a congressman the strongest turning of the screws on Iran, unquote. And she has a little meme that says, or a little gif that says never back down. She got 26 likes. Let's see here. Someone by the name of Red Wave, Red Wave Press. And again, I'm no doctor or scientist. However, if you click the subscribe button, it may help with the stuttering. It seems as if my use of the stuttering or that hindrance has decreased lately as the subscriber's count has gone up. It may very well be the cure no one's ever thought of all along. So if you can click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Now, we have a person by the name of Red Wave Press saying, quote, Ron DeSantis and the people of Florida stand with Israel. The U.S. must make Iran pay for what they've done. This starts with Biden backing out of the Iran deal and freezing the $6 billion that was about to be released to Iran. If the money... Oh, it goes a little further. We have to expand it. It says, if the money is unfrozen, it will be used to support more terrorist groups like Hamas. Follow if you agree. And it looks like this particular response got 14 likes. Another person by the name of Victus said, quote, strong, decisive leadership at the exact moment we need. Thank you. And that particular quote got 24 likes. Let's see here. Now, we do have a couple of pejoratives. Someone by the name of the Bad Luck Boys saying, quote, Neocon Ron, unquote, getting two likes. Let's see here. I would have never conceivably thought of this image. I assume it's by AI. However, it is vastly popular as a response to this original tweet. This comes from someone by the name of Lucky saying, quote, we're, we're American first, buddy. Go run for Prime Minister of Israel, unquote. And the picture is of the Hulk with Trump's hair and an American flag, which got the most likes thus far. That got 116 likes. Which again, of all the superheroes, would Trump be the Hulk? What would be a good catchphrase instead of Hulk smash? Hulk, Hulk smash! China bad. That might conceivably work as a DC comic superhero. It would certainly actually be more popular than most Disney films these days, though that's not saying much. Let's see if there are any other responses. Somebody by the name of Thomas Paine Band said, quote, What a joke. DeSantis is out of his league. Watching him try to capitalize off this bloodshed is pathetic, unquote. This person got 13 likes. Let's see here. Someone by the name of Alexander Shepard said, quote, What good does it do for Israel, for Florida, quote, one state, to support them? 
You don't supply them weapons or money, do you? Unquote. First got 17 likes. Which again, Florida is one of the largest economies in the United States. They have a great amount of things that they create, not just in terms of manufacturing physical goods, but also international property when it comes to softwares. That would be interesting to see what specific goods and services were most popular being exported to those areas. In addition to seeing if this is also more of a, as some might say, a virtue signal or a political action, it would be fascinating to see the actual fiscal impact of what businesses are currently or were currently saying products, goods, and services over there. Let me know if you know of any that they could think of off the cuff. Let me see here. Somebody named a statistic XI said, quote, hopefully the federal government follows suit and takes decisive action, unquote, getting seven likes. You have another pejorative response. Somebody named Ben saying, quote, every Floridian is ashamed of you, Ron. We all stand with Palestine. That person got 18 likes. Although statistically speaking, I would say majority of Floridians or voting Floridians support Ron in general because they've elected him twice now. But it'll be interesting to see if this specific topic decreases his favorability or maybe it propels him to become more popular. And as I scroll down, I see, I want to say it's mostly supportive. Somebody named Mariana saying, quote, thank you. I have family in Israel getting six likes. Mm, Let's see here. Yeah, it's, mm, I'd say about 60% support DeSantis, at least in the comments section from this anecdotal experience. And then a lot of them, yeah, a lot of people are, eh, again, 40% are kind of pejorative. Let me know in the comments, do you think this is a, and you're seeing all politicians, this, is, this has become a very polarizing topic. You're seeing a lot of politicians come out, of course, giving their their opinions, which is good because you want to know where they stand if you want to vote accordingly, whether you do or do not believe in these topics. But it is interesting to see in terms of what we've seen thus far, as far as I can tell, Vivek is the only one saying not to go all in, so to say, when it comes to ramping up the situation. I'm not saying one situation, I'm not saying one course of action is or is not appropriate. It is interesting to see DeSantis, I'm actually surprised he's not more, what's a nice way of saying aggressive, more... I'm surprised he's not more aggressive in his response because in the United States, I I think more people than not agree with the idea that the United States stands for defending those who can't defend themselves. Now, granted, Israel is a very successful economic country. They have a very rich cult. They have a very long-standing history of being able to defend themselves on their own. But because of the innocents who have so unfortunately passed through the situation, including women and children. As far as actually more politicians aren't more bombastic in their approach and saying we need to send in the whole U.S. military force. So it'd be interesting to see if this is a big issue going into the 2024 election cycle. Are more people going to take more controversial stances? It'll be interesting. Let me know in the comments what do you think will happen when it comes to this particular issue. And will it be a lot of people in terms of what they vote for? A lot of people are known as one issue voters where they will vote on an issue. Traditionally, there are a lot of hot topics where you got abortion and gun rights being some of the things that are known for being single issue voter topics. Do you think this will be one of those topics for 2024? It'll be interesting to see, but as I always usually say, time shall tell. Now, going on to the business blunder of the day, you have CNN caught making fake 
attack in Israel so they have more material. Now, this shouldn't actually be breaking news because it's CNN, how much of it is really real to begin with. However, this was so hilariously bad, it went more than viral. Within literally 48 hours, it's got 20 million views. And this particular, I'm looking on the Twitter, or now called the X. Let me know, do you really call it the X or what do you call it personally? But this comes from the Daily Loud. And this person says, quote, CNN's Clarissa Ward taking cover in a ditch amid a, quote, massive barrage of rockets near Israel-Gaza border. And I was going to say, if you know a good software for picture-in-picture, -picture, I'd greatly appreciate it. I'm still evaluating a couple solutions. And unfortunately, I keep having technical issues. I don't know if it's because the camera is newer and there's not the drivers set up for it yet. But if you do have suggestions, I appreciate the feedback in the comments section. Now, I'll go ahead and play this video. And it is pretty comical in terms of if you think of a war zone, even if you've never been to the war zone or never been to the sandbox, there's certain things that just logically, just if you think about it, do or do not make sense. And again, just seeing this video, and again, I'll play it in a second, but the very first image you see is a, a lady reporter. <laughs> and of course, she has perfect makeup on. She isn't wearing a helmet because you have to see her hair. Now, would you go to a war zone without a helmet? Would that make any conceivable sense? If you have shrapnel and bombs going off around you, would you really care about your hair day? Now, granted, some of us just are just born with darn near perfect hair, just naturally. And perhaps she thought she could not bear to suffer by putting a helmet over her noggin to protect the 18 brain cells she has. I was being exaggerated. Maybe 19 brain cells, to be accurate. But, yeah, she has perfect makeup and no helmet in a war zone. Okay, let's play this. And again, this is not from the Babylon Bee. This isn't supposed to be parody. But as we watch it, I think it will, it's pretty self-revealing in how inaccurate and hilarious it is. Clarissa is on the ground right now. Clarissa, tell us what's happening. Stand by. Hi, John. So forgive me. I... It's like she's pretending to be breathing hard and not a drop of sweat on her. Even if you're in really good shape, you tend to sweat if you're in a very hostile environment if you're running around in a war zone one would think you're you'd be on edge so to say your heart's probably beating a little bit quicker than usual but no um she's just kind of like as she's as relaxed as just sitting on the couch i was about to say watching cnn but that might actually put you into a, a comatose depending on how many brain cells you lose watching that but nevertheless slightly an unelegant position but we have just had a massive barrage of rockets coming in here uh, not too far from us, so we have had to take shelter here by the roadside. We're just about five minutes away. Gaza is in that direction. We can hear now a lot of jets uh, in the sky. We could also hear the Iron Dome intercepting uh, a number of those rockets as they were whizzing overhead and making impact in that direction, uh, not too far from here. We came to this location because this was ground zero uh, for this entire operation of carnage. Hamas militants came uh, on a pickup truck. This was the first place where they breached that border wall and they basically drove down this strip just spraying uh, lead wherever they went. We saw, in fact, I was just grabbing it before that happened and we had to hit the deck, but uh, heavy weaponry being used. It's saying we can get up now. Um, 
Where are we moving to? Sorry, just one second. Okay. All right, so now I can show you uh, the scene here. This is where those militants first came, opening up fire on... Looks like her nails are damn near perfect, too. Again, you're in a war zone, you don't have protective gloves. Interesting. All these vehicles, uh, there's a baby carriage down there, turned over on its side. You can see... I mean, right now, the scenery actually looks more peaceful than Detroit or Chicago. It's not saying much, but it doesn't really look too stressful of an environment. See over there, Clayton, if you just show in the distance there, some kind of strikes, looks like in Gaza as well. Uh, they're really having to use that zoom because, yeah, it's way Burn over there. Fire. Way over there. Or is that the smoke from the rocket launches? Forgive me. Um, it's a little difficult after being crouched in a ditch to know exactly what's been going on. <laughs> and as she's pretending like, oh, yeah, it's such a stressful situation. Some of the locals are just walking by. Literally just walking by. Not a, seemingly not a stress of the world because they're so far removed from the actual conflict. Great reporting, CNN, as usual. Now, let's go to the comments section. Let's see here. A lot of Family Guy memes. Someone by the name of Jazzboy ESQ saying, quote, how much should they pay her, unquote, got 121 likes. See what other kind of responses we have here. AMC to the moon. Although this person does get a C minus for marketing. Their logo wasn't the AMC stock symbol or the AMC logo. A little disappointed by this person. Nevertheless, Mr. AMC to the moon said, quote, fake CNN back at it again, getting 1,099 likes. Not to brag, but I did get two likes on my recent post on the Twitter. At N-I-C-T-O-P-P-I-N-G. Somebody named Vikas saying, quote, Where are they in Ukraine? It never saw CNN like this, unquote, getting 13 likes. Somebody named Ashik saying, quote, That dude's just casually walking in t-shirts at the end, LOL. These guys are such drama whores, unquote. Got 147 likes. Somebody named Lexi Knapp saying, quote, if I were a betting man, I'd bet this is fake and they're just laying on the ground for no reason, unquote. Hashtag CNN Classics. That person got 3,608 likes. And it was a breaking, I was going to say this really isn't a breaking story that CNN is being manipulative or not authentic. Years ago, they were actually caught faking things in Afghanistan where they were just on a green screen, but they're pretending to be on a helicopter and many other instances like that. I'm trying to see if there's anything... Somebody name of Spy Shop South Africa saying, quote, Clarissa looks remarkably fresh for someone laying in a ditch and dodging a massive barrage of rockets. Obviously ample time to do hair and makeup, unquote. Getting 333 likes. Somebody name of HPN Network saying, quote, never once saw a reporter on the ground in Ukraine like this, unquote. Getting 32 likes. I was going to say... Pretty much all. Hmm. Somebody named Vickas also said, quote, I'm sure the Academy has already shortlisted her for an honorary Oscar. From posture to her dialogue delivery and facial expressions, it was a flawless performance. 
as one can expect. Getting 1,244 likes. Baba said, quote, great acting, love how they went from deep breathing, which one could assume implies action in close surrounding, only to then get up and ghost town wide around, lol. Getting 296 likes. And a lot of people calling out, wondering why there wasn't anything in terms of similar coverage to the grain. I guess there's more. Eh, no, it seems to be. Yeah, a lot of the same comments. So let me know in the comments. Do you think this is. It's, with all the evidence we have at hand, it certainly seems like they were faking it. Let me know. Are you, are you surprised CNN has done this? It's fascinating that even though they have a new CEO who took over, kind of seems like they're more or less about the same. But in terms of. Is CNN continuing to kind of just fall off the cliff in terms of authenticity? That's got to be the continued business blunder of the day. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Again, I know we're trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of October, so if you can click that button, I'd greatly appreciate it. Also, the feedback is greatly appreciated in the comic section as we make the show better and better together. Lastly, don't forget to take the time to like it because that also helps out the video to get shared more and more. And also, also, don't forget to take the time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, Tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone, just stay safe and fight the good fight.